This is the Westbrook Community Church Sermon Series. Monday, October 30th, 2023. Gentle and lowly, Christ is with us in suffering. Kevin talks about how Christ is always with us in times of trouble. Welcome today. My name is Kevin Sharp. I'm the pastor here. If you're worshiping with us online, we'd like to greet you too. And Thank you for being here. And, and, and as part of, of our church, we really want to, to be a blessing to, to the people outside, just like Kim said. And one of the ways we do that is by sharing uh, our faith and by talking uh, about our faith in the good news. You know, Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful, but, but the workers are few. And what he meant by that is that there's all kinds of people out there that are interested, that are curious about faith. And, uh, and we need to be out there building relationships and talking to them. So we've come up with this acronym. I, I found it somewhere. I stole it from somebody. I didn't come up with it. But uh, it, it's called BLESS. And, uh, and we've talked about this before, but it just talks about beginning with prayer, praying for people that, that you know uh, that, that uh, are far from God, listening uh, eating together, building that relationship. I said first service, I take uh, eating real serious about this and building that relationship. That's good. And second is, the first S is serve and, and the second is share and just share uh, the good news. So that's what we want to do as we're a blessing with the people around us. So I thought it'd be cool to, I hear these stories all the time of people doing this. And so I thought it'd be cool to share some of those with you. So today we have Joe Scott, who's going to come up and, and uh, grab those stools, Joe. And, and he's just going to tell uh, a story about one thing that, that happened with him. And, uh, and I want you to hear this. So, Joe, there's the mic. Thank you. And, uh, and so, Joe, t- tell us uh, uh, about a situation that you had. Okay, well, I'd like to preface this by saying that as part of being on the worship team, we took a, uh, a spiritual gift uh, test. And one of the things that came up for me was evangelism, which really scared me because I thought that's like door-to-door type stuff. <laughs> but then I realized that there's the little E, which is what we're going to talk about here. Uh, there's a, a friend of mine who's actually a daughter of a friend, which is kind of interesting when you can uh, have your own relationship with the uh, the son or daughter of a friend. Uh, you said first hour you're old enough. Where that I, you get that to happens. that point in your life <laughs> where you can do that. So anyway, so we were, they were over at the house, and everybody just kind of magically went off to do their own things. And she looked me straight in the eye, and she said, tell me about God. And this was a daughter of daughter, a, a friend. Daughter of, of a friend of mine. And you'd build a relationship Yes, I'd her. known her since she was about 14 or something. Uh-huh. So I just wow, and like, she said that to you. sat there, and I went, well, um, I'm not an expert. But I said, what I do know is that he created us, and he made us imperfect, gives us free will, which gets us into trouble. And she said, well, can he forgive me? And I went, well, he automatically forgave <laughs> you. When you make a mistake, he automatically forgives you. Even if you keep making the same mistake time after time after time. And I said, but what we have to learn is we have to be able to forgive ourselves. And that 
Well, I, I think I became a link because you've talked about that. You don't have to take somebody from here to there. You just need to be in there in the middle to help move them along. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's fearful because they, people think, I got to do everything. And you don't got to do everything. You just got to be a link and, and, and be prepared to, to kind of share. And what I loved uh, about what you did was you made it a dialogue. You, you didn't just jump into kind of a set thing and, and uh, give a 20-minute dissertation on who is God. But you asked questions and yeah. you listened and you talked. And, and, and that's, real, uh, that's real cool. That's what we want to do. And, uh, and God will use us to be one of those links in that chain that, that moves them. Uh, toward Christ, and, and she's she's pursuing that a little yeah, bit. That Tell she about is, that. Yes. Tell about that a little bit. Come on. Uh, okay. Well, now I'm going to start. But I uh, was was with her on Thursday, and she said that she's going to church with her parents again. Yeah. Which was cool. Really cool. So. Yeah. But I guess we need to converse, but not convert. <laughs> 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 that's right that's right that god does the one is the one that changes and uh and we get to participate in that but but we don't convert anybody yeah yeah i love that that we should use that converse sure and i wrote a blog post yes you did that that'll be coming up it, so yeah we we'll see we that. that well joe thanks a lot for uh for doing this and just uh for being a link and it's something that that we can all do and god what's cool is that you had no idea she wanted to ask you that, but uh, it just I didn't have a speech. It didn't came up. Kind of, yeah, kind of came yeah. up. So, and that's cool. And, and we can do that. And and, and people will uh, will ask us, and and, uh, and and we'll get in those situations. So, well, what's her name? Uh, Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay. Let's pray for Lindsay and, uh, and and pray for you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you uh, for Lindsay and for her interest in you. And we just pray that, that you continue to, to work in her life and use Joe and, and other people to draw her to yourself. And so, Lord, we, uh, we pray that you'd help us uh, uh, bless people by beginning with prayer, listening, eating, and building a relationship, and, and serving and, and sharing the good news. So, Lord, thanks for Joe and, and his story. And I just pray that you would give us eyes to see opportunities like that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, Joe. Give him a hand. That's good. Yeah. Well, we're continuing our series called uh, Gentle and Lowly. And, and, and this reminded me uh, of a friend of mine uh, fr- from a number of years ago that was at, at another church. And, and, and he came to me and, and he told me his story and I knew his story. A little bit, but his story was that one day his wife went off to work, and she had a massive uh, brain aneurysm at work and died, and she never came home. And he was devastated by that. The loss was hard as you could imagine, and he was moved. And he told me that that what was most difficult was dealing and interacting with his three adult children after the loss of his wife. And and it's so hard to to deal with his own grief, but but also 
to be kind of seeing and overseeing and helping his kids. And he said that they kind of walked through this together and it was painful and difficult and disorienting and confusing. All those things that you might think it was. Until a couple of years after it happened, each one of his kids at separate times just kind of told him that that they didn't really want anything to do with a God that would bring him this much pain. And he felt like in the midst of his grief that, that his kids walked away from God as well. And I remember he came to me and he just said real bluntly, he said, Kevin, I, I feel... Like God's abandoned me. I feel like he's pushed me aside, that he's turned his back on me. And that he's nowhere to be found. And I got to tell you, I I didn't know how to respond to that. How how do you respond to to that kind of pain, that, that kind of suffering? Those kind of questions. And it's not only this man's issues. All we got to do is look in the paper or look online. And we don't even have to go back very far. In a week or two weeks. And and the pain and the destruction. And the hurt is clearly out there. Think about those families in Maine whose friends and relatives and kids just went out for a fun night and 18 died. What are they going through? Or the war in Israel, the the war in the Ukraine. We hear stories, we hear testimonies from families. And the pain and the destruction just seems overwhelming. And that doesn't even get to the personal side of pain where where people ask, why would my parents get divorced? Why didn't my son die in that car accident? My dad is the best guy I know and why did he get cancer? Why was there abuse in the family that I grew up in? And the pain and the questions uh, just go on and on. And it's so easy for us to think, where's God? Why didn't he help us? Why did he allow this to happen? He obviously doesn't care. Well, we're continuing our series called Gentle and Lowly, a book by Dane Ortland, And I love the subtitle. It says, Christ's Heart for Sinners and Sufferers. And we're talking 
are about. This idea of where is God in the pain? And what is Jesus saying about being near to us, about being close to us, about being involved in that? Our passage is John 6, 35 through 40. And I love this passage because in John 5, he feeds the 5,000, okay? And it's on one side of the Sea of Galilee, then Jesus goes on the other Sea of the Galilee, other side of the Sea of Galilee. I got rushed it there. And, and, and all these people follow him. And Jesus looks at all these people who are following him and said, you're only here because I fed you. You had a meal and got your fill. And he said, you're only here because you're looking for another free lunch. And, and then he says, hey, don't work for the food that perishes, but work for the food that gives you eternal life. And they go, well, yeah, give us some of that. Then he explains what that means. And he's going on and talk about this. And he continues with the theme of food and how he says he's the bread of life. Let's look at that. It says, Jesus said to him, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hungry, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I'll never cast out. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that that I should lose nothing of all that he's given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I'll raise him up on that last day. I love what verse 37 says. It says this. It says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I'll never cast out. So Jesus is saying, hey, The Father's chosen people. He opens people's eyes. He draws people to himself. Every person he draws to me will come to me and will come to faith in me. And then he says, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I'll never turn my back on him. I'll never push him aside. I'll never ignore them. And this is particularly important when we deal with suffering. Because in the midst of suffering, it's so easy to feel like God is distant, God's uncaring. God doesn't have any skin involved in this? He's cast me out. He's turned me away. I, I don't feel his presence. Why would he allow me to go through this? And, and yet Jesus here says, hey, whoever comes to me, I, I'll never cast out. He doesn't say whoever has a pain-free life, I won't cast out. 
He says, whoever comes to me, I won't cast out. You see, the truth is Jesus is never going to reject us in our suffering. He's never going to turn his back on us. He's never going to ignore us. He's never going to drive us away in our suffering. He won't do that. And you say, well, why do you say that? Why is that true? Because I'll tell you what, it feels like that's exactly what he's done in my situation. It's exactly how I feel. It's what my friend felt when he lost his wife. It's what many of us feel when we go through pain and when we go through suffering. But Jesus says, I'll never cast you aside. And the first reason he'll never cast us aside is because he understands our suffering. He understands our suffering. Look at at John 6, 38. He says, for I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. See, the plan was Jesus who was in heaven, who existed eternally, who was God. He came down to heaven to be one of us, to be human, to be fully human. He took on the nature. He came as a baby, as an infant. And he grew and he experienced all that we've experienced. He understands our situation because he's lived it. He's been there. He's experienced what we're going through. I love in Isaiah 53, there's a passage called the suffering servant. And it's a prophecy about Jesus and about what Jesus is going to do and how he lived his life. And it says in verses 3 and 4, this is how Jesus lived. It says he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So sometimes I think, well, well, Jesus was God. You know, he made straight A's. He he was the best athlete. He was just superior because I mean he couldn't make mistakes, right? He was just God. But but that's not what Jesus' experience was here on earth. It said he was despised and rejected by men. A, a man of sorrows. I love how another translation says that he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. That's who Jesus was. He was picked last on all the teams. He was despised. He was rejected. He knows what pain is. He knows what suffering is. And so when we say, wait, I feel like he's cast me out. I feel like he's turned his back on me. We can say, now, wait a minute. 
No, he understands what we're going through. He's been there. He's lived it. He's not sitting in the stands of suffering, watching it as a dispassionate person. No, he's a full participant in our pain, in our suffering. It's not like he sends us a get well card and then doesn't think about us anymore. No, he goes to the hospital. He's right next to us. He's holding our hand. And he's telling us, as you come to me, I'll never cast you aside. That's who he is. And he'll never reject us in our suffering because he understands. He's enlightened. You know, sometimes I feel like we're like that two-year-old that wants to touch the hot stove, okay? (laughs) And the the parents are loving and and gracious, but they're not going to let the kid touch the hot stove. But the two-year-old just wants what she wants, right? And she's going to go after it. But the parents are going to stop her. And they'll sympathize with her because they know what it's like to be a child. But that child has no idea what it's like to be a parent. And that's the way it is with us as God, with God. We have no idea what it's like to be God. But the God of the universe, Jesus, he knows what it's like to be human. He knows our frailties, our brokenness, our grief, our sorrow. He understands it. And he's with us in it. And he'll never cast us aside. So in your pain, in your heartache, will you come to him? Will you lean into him? Because as we do that, he said he'll be there. He'll be with you. He'll walk with you through it. Because he knows what you're going through. Next, Jesus will never reject us in our suffering because he wants to use our suffering to transform us to change us to grow us to develop us see Jesus doesn't want to cast us aside or turn his back on he wants to take that that suffering that pain and and redeem it and change us and grow us and, and develop us and sometimes I think we really believe that, that that's hard, that, that that's difficult. I think sometimes in pain, I don't only want to know that somebody understands, that, that somebody's with me. But, but I want to know that what I'm going through has value. Well, what I'm going through has a purpose. What I'm going through has worth. And in our passage in John 6, 
Jesus says this in 38 and 39. He says, for I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I'll lose none of all those he's given me, but raise them up on the last day. You see, God has a plan. Things aren't random. Things aren't chaotic. Things are, are, are not unpurposeful. But, but God has a plan, and his plan with Jesus was obvious, was, was laid out. And his plan for Jesus is that Jesus would suffer. That Jesus would take on our sins. That that he would take on the weight of everybody's sin. And, And that was hard and that was painful. But it was purposeful. In that passage in Isaiah, it says in Isaiah... 53, 5. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds were healed. You see, Jesus' suffering had a plan, had a purpose. And that purpose was our redemption. It paid the penalty that we couldn't pay. And so Jesus suffered here on earth. But it was purposeful. And you might be saying, well, okay, I get that. I know that, that, that Jesus died for me, and I accept that. And he was raised again, and, and I can have a new life, and, and this will get me into heaven. But, but I'm concerned about right now. What does this have to do with me right now? And the pain that I'm in. You see, what this has to do is that we not only need to look at the cross as the way of our redemption and the way of our forgiveness, but we need to see the cross as a lens through which we see our own suffering and our own pain. You see, because God took Jesus and had him suffer and go through the excruciating pain of being crucified of being separated from the Father. But it was purposeful. It was for us. Because by his wounds we're healed. And so as we look at our suffering, at our pain, at our heartache, we can say, hey, God has a purpose in that as well. He wants to use that to change us and grow us and develop us and draw us closer to himself. And I think we can say, well, yeah, you know, some things in my life I realize they're hard, they're difficult, And looking back on it, I see how God used that to change me and to grow me. But I got to tell you that there's other issues in my life. There's other pain that I don't see how in the world God could use that 
to change me, to grow me, to develop me. I just don't get it. I can't see that. And I understand that. I know there's lots of things in our life where we see and we think that would be impossible for God to use in my life. And yet he says he's going to do it. And you say, well, how's he going to do it? And I got to tell you, I don't know. If I knew, I'd be God. But is it enough that that you don't know how he's going to do it, but you know he will? That we don't know how God is going to redeem our pain and suffering. But isn't it enough that we know he will? He promises to. He will do it. I I love this quote by Simone Well. And, And she says this. She says, the extreme greatness of Christianity lies in the fact that it doesn't seek a supernatural remedy for suffering, but a supernatural use for it. See, God's going to take our suffering and redeem it and use it in our lives. And that's what Paul said in Romans 5, 3 through 5. Look what he says here. He says, but not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint us. For God's poured out his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. See, Paul says, we can rejoice, and that doesn't mean that we jump up and down. But we know that our suffering can have a purpose and that it produces perseverance and character and hope. And this hope, God's poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And I know you might be in a place where you're saying, I don't feel it. I don't experience it. I don't know what you're talking about with that verse. But give it time. Lean into God. He's not going to cast you aside. And over time, as you lean into him, you'll see it. You'll understand it. It'll be your reality. Because he's never going to reject us in our suffering. Because he wants to use it. He understands it. He wants to use it. And finally, he'll never reject us in our suffering. Because someday he's going to end it. Look what it says in verse 40 of John 6, 4. John 6. It says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I'll raise them up on the last day. You know, a time is coming when Jesus is going to end our suffering. He's going to put it to rest. 
And he's not going to reject us or turn our back. Because ultimately he's called us. And as we come to him, he's going to end that suffering. And it'll be a great day. In Revelation 21, 4, it says this. It says, it'll wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. See, that time is coming. Our best days are ahead of us. Where Jesus will eliminate the brokenness, the pain, the dysfunction of, of this world and, and will bring us to something new because he said that everyone the Father's given to me I will never cast aside and, and whoever looks at me and whoever comes to me I'm not going to cast them aside, but but I'm going to bring them to the place where there's no more pain, no more heartache, no more suffering. That's what Jesus has promised. And in your pain and in your heartache, in the, the most difficult places in your life, He hasn't turned his back on you. He hasn't cast you aside. He's right next to you. He understands your pain. He's going to use your pain. And one day, he's going to end your pain. So no matter what you're going through right now, no matter the heartache, and I know some of you have tremendous pain in your life. Don't give up on him. Turn to him. Come to him. And he'll never cast you aside. He'll be there for you. He'll walk with you. He's for you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this passage, for for this book, and for the truth that as we come to you and as we walk with you, that you'll never cast us aside. So Lord, I pray for the folks that are struggling, that are in pain, that, that are hurting. And I pray that you'd be with them, that you'd open their eyes, that you'd help them see that you understand you're using this and you'll end the pain one day. And that you're on our side. So Lord, help us to live in light of that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.